It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. A lot to get to on today's show. We'll eventually get to Auburn basketball, whatever that was against the Florida Gators. 74 to 57 is the final not a great night for Bruce Pearl's team and uh, Sharif Cooper was out. We'll talk about all that in the third segment of today's show. In the second segment, we'll chat with Christian Page of CoverOne.net about some of the draft-eligible guys um, for the Tigers and and also some future draft-eligible guys for the Tigers. Um, A few quick notes before I get into the, the meat of this first segment here. UCF has landed Auburn running back transfer Mark Anthony Richards. Of course, he is following Gus Malzahn. It was kind of, you know, there was speculation of, okay, how many former Auburn guys is Gus Malzahn going to end up with? So that's, um, I guess that's the first one. Yeah. So we'll see if there's more. It's kind of interesting. You know, the the going rumor was Shivers would eventually pop up there, I think. The fact that they've already got one former Auburn running back kind of makes that less likely, I hope. I really, really hope. We'll see. Um, sticking with basketball, and and I don't talk about women's basketball a whole lot. I probably should talk about it more. I apologize. But Auburn senior uh, Unique Thompson, she set the all-time career rebounding record for Auburn. Um, they lost to Mississippi State Tuesday evening, 81-68, to but she scored 22 points, had 14 rebounds. And um, her 1,119th career rebound came with five and a half minutes left to play in the third, but it moved her past Becky Jackson for the top spot in the Auburn record book. And, um, yeah, she will head into her senior night, which is coming up with 1,123 rebounds. So that is awesome. Also, uh, Tuesday afternoon at 4 o'clock, things got going with Auburn baseball. And they actually... uh, Run-ruled Alabama A&M. The final was 18-2 after seven innings. And they will um, they will face Alabama A&M again today, Wednesday, at 4 o'clock Central Time again at Plainsman Park. 
15 players saw action on the field and at the plate, and a different player recorded a hit and drove in a run in the game. So that is um, that's exciting. A lot of action there. I'm not really going to dive into those stats there, but I think that's that's fun. All right, so the the meat of the, this first segment that I want to get to, and we talked about Auburn landing West Virginia cornerback Drashawn Miller. And the more I look at this guy, the more I really, really like him. I'm still a little surprised that he chose Auburn just because of the path to playing time. And he's good. I'm very impressed with what I've seen. He's really good when the ball is in the air. He's very athletic. He can keep up with uh, with the guys that he's supposed to be covering. And he's pretty long. He plays well, and he's good at playing the football. And his tackle... His tackle rating on PFF is low, but he had 31 tackles. He also had a pick. And, um, I mean, he's he, he was solid for West Virginia. West Virginia is sad to see him go. And so you look at it, and um, moving forward, Auburn has five corners now with starting experience. Five. And that's crazy to me. You got Roger McCreary, and we'll talk about him more in depth with uh, with Christian in a few minutes, but obviously he's the one guy, and then it gets interesting after that. The two guy, I think, is Nehemiah Pritchett, which he started games last year. Before Miller committed to the Tigers, number three, I guess, would have been Jalen Simpson, who started against Kentucky last year. That was his first start, and he won the job for that number two corner spot. He kind of came out of nowhere and beat Pritchett. And then Marco Domio started in the bowl game. He started against Northwestern. I think people forget that. And then all of a sudden, of course, Miller Miller has you know several starts to his name at West Virginia. And so that is crazy. The amount of experience... In this cornerback room is wild. And when you look at it position by position, and we'll do this as spring training gets closer for the Tigers, but most positions on this defense, there's really, I mean, there's real quality depth there. With the exception of interior defensive line, I think everywhere else on this defense, there's a ton of dudes that are ready to play right now. And I think that's huge. But just from a culture standpoint, it's almost like they constructed the cornerback room for McCreary to leave last year, and he didn't. And I just I want to know what the sales pitch was to Drashawn Miller because he's not guaranteed a spot. And so I'm excited to see what this looks like from a personnel standpoint. Auburn kind of used that nickel defensive back as like a third safety. They take the linebacker off and they add another defensive back and they do a safety. In the NFL, typically you see that third corner kind of be that nickel. You know, your slot corner is your nickel. And I wonder if you're going to see that. Because if you're able to do that and you can have any combination of, you know, I'm going to list the four corners, not Domeo, but you keep, you know, maybe Jalen Simpson and Pritchett and Miller rotating those other two spots, unless one of those guys is a lot better in the middle of the field. You got McCreary, you know, playing to the field. And it's like you can just rotate the other guys in and out. But I would like that. And that allows you to move Tennyson, who we all assume is going to be the starting nickel. You move him to the safety spot next to Smoke Monday. Just a thought. I like that idea. 
Um, and then you can kind of move those guys around, bring Chris Thompson Jr. in and some other guys. And, and there's plenty of other guys. I know I'm leaving guys out, but that just kind of shows the depth on this defensive backfield. Auburn fans get hype. Get hype about it. All right, in just a moment, Christian Page with CoverOne.net will join us right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our great friends at Built Bar. It's the best-tasting protein bar ever. And uh, guys, got an email last night from Built Bar. And as of midnight, so uh, this morning, uh, Cookie Dough Chunk is coming back. And I mentioned this before. That's what uh, that's the most recent box that I've ordered, and it's coming back in a limited time. Highly recommend that you check it out. I think it's delicious. Also, they sent us some stuff in the mail, crunchy uh, or crispy peanut butter flavored bars, and the the texture is um, it's not as like creamy on the inside. It's more like a crunch to it. It's it's delicious. Kind of tastes like a whatchamacallit. And you look at the label, and it's like, wow, this is still good for you. How? I don't know. No idea. But head over to BuiltBar.com right now. All the bars, you can look at the information there. But uh, high in protein, low in calories, low in sugar, it's awesome. It's great. BuiltBar.com, and you can get 20% off your order with the promo code Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. We're now joined by a, a good buddy of mine, a longtime friend of mine, Christian Page with CoverOne.net. We really don't do this enough, man. How are you? I'm good, Zach. Appreciate you having me on. Of course. All right, so uh, I, I want to talk NFL drafts with you, of course, as always. And let's start with Seth Williams. He's a guy that I think teams are going to be all over the place about. And I enjoy getting different opinions, and I'd love to get yours. How do you think the NFL is going to view a guy like Seth Williams? Yeah, he definitely comes from an offense that isn't your your offense that is typical of producing NFL wide receivers. Now, we don't have to get down in the, the rabbit hole of Gus Malzahn and does he prep these guys for the league because I know you probably have talked about that many months and many years in the past. But as far as just from his, his uh, scouting report, he has a lot of things to like, but there's a lot of things also to really question. A lot of things to like is his big physical frame. Um, you can put him on the X, you know, put him in single coverage, man coverage on the outside. I think he win a lot of one-on-one matchups. You saw that as Greer at Auburn win those physical uh, tests, can win those 50-50 balls. And even though he's not the most agile athlete out there, which will be a knock that some teams have, he still finds way to get cushioned. And even if he doesn't, he has enough of those physical skills and at least enough of that ball tracking and ball awareness to kind of shield his defender if there is a close coverage situation and really, you know, just make a play at the football. So, those are a few things to like. The, the negatives, like I said, not this overwhelming, um, you know, agile athlete. I think he does have some limitations when it comes to, you know, breaking over the middle of the field, getting his hips turned around. But it seems like he's supplemented that enough to know his struggles and finding other ways to win, which most mostly that is with his physical uh, style of play. 
What do you think about his speed? I mean, we never really saw him get the ball in space because Auburn's offense just didn't really scheme him open. He really had a hard time creating space, and I really can't tell if it was him or if it was the scheme or a combination of a lot of different things. But what's your take on that? Yeah, and you saw him make a lot of plays down the field. So you have to think there's some, you know, levels of, you know, uh, you know, above average type speed. I don't think the guy's slow, but is he going to be this dynamic speed guy down the field? I don't think so. But again, like we said, you know, there were certain times where he was targeted and whether it was Bo Nix, the quarterback or whoever that just missed him, you know, whether it was too far down the field, where whether he slowed up or maybe he didn't have that speed, but you saw that cushion. Um, that he played with. So I don't think he's slow. Will that be a knock that some teams maybe look at him for? Probably, because you really have to do, you know, be nitpicky when you're looking for a guy that's going to play on the outside there. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, his speed is definitely in question, too, in my opinion. And I wish we could see, you know, some of those combine numbers because we know sometimes the pro day can be a little more in favor of those being represented by the school. Yeah, um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, would, would we see something in – you know, in the four or five, I don't know. I would hope to see maybe something like that, but there's no guarantee at this point. Sure, sure. You you mentioned, you know, Malzahn and his impact on guys that play offense and they're transitioning to the NFL. And, of course, it's a conversation we've had a million times. And after this offseason, we'll never have to have it again because, you know, that, that era is done. But does the NFL care? How much does the NFL care about what kind of offense you run? Because... I mean, you see guys like that get drafted, you know, these tight ends out of Iowa, you know what I mean? Or are these receivers from, you know, air raid type systems and things like that. And that's not what they're running at the next level. And obviously they're not running what they ran at Auburn at the next level either. Do they really care? Or are they just going to see, okay, Seth Williams is, you know, a really physical guy. And then Anthony Schwartz is a guy with elite world-class speed. And it's like, okay, you know, we've got tools here and, you know, we can develop these guys. Is that really what it comes down to? Or does the scheme that they played in college matter? No, no, I'm with you. I think the physical traits definitely play more of a role in, in those guys being drafted. And I've always said that NFL front office members, coaches, whoever, have such a big ego where they just see a couple traits and they're like, I can work with that guy. I can make him into an all-star caliber player. And so those are, you know, you you trust your scouting department. They evaluate traits. And, um, you know, based on the wide receiver position, no, I don't think that necessarily hurts them. Now, could it help them if they played in a more diverse, dynamic offense? Absolutely. But in this case, I think, like, like you said, the physical skills of the likes of Williams and Schwartz, and guys in the past, Darius Slayton had great speed, and you're seeing what he's doing right, right now on a very different offense with the New York Giants and an okay quarterback play and, and some coaching transitions. So um, that, that could be one example to say, hey, he was a guy that tested really well, had some physical skills, and the NFL looked past maybe some of the limitations of that Malzahn offense, found a fit for him in the league. So maybe guys like Seth Williams with his physical play, Schwartz with his speed, think there are some going to be some NFL front office members that are going to be like, we like enough there. We're going to take them where we feel it's appropriate, and then they'll take the next step with them. Christian Page, CoverOne.net. I'm about to put you on the spot, and um, you can choose to not answer it if you don't want to. But uh, if I, I, All right, give me a round number for Auburn's three receivers, Seth Williams, Anthony Schwartz, Eli Stove. What round do they go in if you had to pick right now? I'm going to say Seth Williams round four, um, Anthony Schwartz, 
man, he's all over the place. Yeah. Again, I think it takes one team, and we said it when we used to do, you know, draft reports together. It just takes one team. So if there's one team that's going to like, you know, Anthony Schwartz's four three and some change or sub four three speed, you know, maybe there's somewhere in the fifth round, sixth round. I think Eli Stokes still on the outside looking in. I love his body of work, but I think he has a lot more to go uh, going forward. But I think he can maybe make a roster spot. So I'll go with Seth Williams round four. I'll go Schwartz round six. And then uh, Eli Stokes just on the back end, but being a priority free agent. Yeah, undrafted free agent kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people tweeted at him when he when the news broke that he was going pro. And they're like, yeah, man, some team's going to draft you day two. Some team's going to draft you day three, and it's going to be great. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. There's a lot, a lot <laughs> of Eli Stoves out there. And There are. I mean, nothing against them. And Eli Stove came on this show a few weeks ago, and I'm a big fan of Eli Stove. But there's a lot of experience, you know, four or five year guys that played a, you know a, a key role in their offense or you know played a significant role you know towards the end of their career and also there's a lot of guys that had that um, that you know didn't mess up their knee and that's just exactly. kind of that's just kind of part of it yeah yeah it is and just looking at the, the list of wide receivers and I know you got to make your basketball team of wide receivers uh, for your offense but I don't know what role so really plays and mm-hmm. I think there is some position ambiguity I guess is the right word for that trying to fit him in a certain offense yeah. even though he kind of uses a little bit of a Swiss Army knife at least early in his career at Auburn but still finding him a fit in the NFL think's going to be tough but like I said I think he's shown enough in his four to five years playing career at Auburn where he could make a scout team work his way up maybe be on a you know an official scout team and then we'll see if he ever gets activated in his career. Christian, how surprised were you when Roger McCreary said that he's like, nah, I'm going to wait one more year. I'm going to go play another season at Auburn. It surprised the mess out of me. Yeah, I mean, he's been a guy that we've talked about for heck, probably a couple years now. And I know yeah. he was one of your favorite guys from the beginning, and I really jumped on board um, going into the season last year. But he's a guy that I think had round two type of pace, and, and I still believe that. I mean, he's, there's not really many things that – you can nitpick and say why he could not be drafted day two. I mean, he has a really good lower body. He has good ball awareness, good ball skills. You saw, even though if it, was, if it was called back this year, you saw what he can do when he gets the ball in his hands with some interception return ability. Um, he's a pretty good athlete and stepped into a role from, you know, whether, whether Noah Igbenogany's departure. And to me, with Auburn's track record right now of, of cornerbacks in the league, I mean, you just saw a couple take home the uh, – the Lombardi Trophy for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Igbenogany, maybe he struggled a little bit this year, but he still there was enough ability there to take him in the first round. I think McCreary, maybe now returning, has a little bit more of that name recognition from a national scale. Yeah. He could sneak up around that, that top 40 uh, conversation. But I think coming into the year, some people are going to mock him in the first round. Christian, you mentioned three elite corners. We talk about these guys all the time on this show, and, and I'm sure you do as well with – Noah Benogany, Jamel Dean, and um, Carlton Davis. But, man, I would put Roger McCreary's feet, his footwork, against any of them. Yeah. He looks so pure. And that's the thing. Like, you know, Noah Benogany, I know he was, you know, new to the position. Right. And, um, you know, coming over, now, I thought he played really well. But from, like you said, a technique standpoint, McCreary has some of those abilities that I wouldn't say you can't coach, but he just gets it and digests it so fast and applies it to his game, and you saw that. And a lot of it comes from 
recognition standpoint too. But if you can get your mind, you know, uh, symmetrical with your lower half, getting them to act on par, you're seeing a really good player. And that's what McCreary has done so far in his Auburn career. And I don't expect, or excuse me, I don't expect not to see uh, him do something like that again because he has all SEC and All-American type ability, and I hope we get to see him draft in the first round in 2022. Yeah, I think he's got a chance at it. I really do. Have you been able to to break down Sherwood's tape yet? I have a little bit. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be really interesting um, when the NFL teams really evaluate him because is he more of a box safety that you're going to play against the run? Because I don't see him as a superb athlete where he can kind of roam the field. He showed a little bit of ability there, but he's kind of more of that nickel hybrid linebacker safety type role. He can cover okay. Um, he, he can, he'll can he hit you in the mouth. He can gap fill in the run game. Uh, but he's a guy that I need to dive in a little more. But I will be really interested to see where, where he goes in the league and what kind of role he's playing. Because he's, I don't want to say he's unique, but he has a very different maybe style compared to some of the other safeties in college football. Yeah, I love his athleticism. He moves extremely well, and I think he can do ridiculous things with his body. It's the it's the instincts, and like when the mm-hmm. ball's in the air, I don't necessarily love it, but also like he was asked to do a lot of zone-type things, and I don't think Auburn does a good job of coaching their DBs when they play zone. So some NFL teams may look past that and be like, okay, this guy is teachable, but... I just, I, yeah, to me it was an instincts thing. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely see him kind of reacting a little late and then not really knowing what to do. So maybe that was him being a little out of position or, or just not being coached up to run certain zone looks or whatever it may be. But, yeah, I did notice a little bit of that too, kind of maybe, I don't want to say a step slow, but just maybe not processing at the point you would want in an NFL safety. Yeah, I would, uh, I mean, it's similar to the Eli Stove thing, and I think Sherwood gets taken. I think he has brings more value to a team than Stove does, but there's a lot of, like, you know, solid safeties that go to the next level, and it's like, well, this guy's a box safety. Like, there's a lot of those guys. Yeah, yeah, there definitely are, and, and there's a role for that. And if you can, you know, understand and play, kind of play in that front seven type area yeah. and cover the back end when you need to, you can be a three-down player, and Sherwood has that ability. Like you said, maybe in the right system, kind of hones in, processes things a little quicker than he has. He definitely has the physical skills. We, we both know that very well. And uh, so I think it's more of the, the mental capacity. Can he really develop in that area to, to stick on a team for a while? Sure. Last question I'll ask you, then I'll let you go, man. Appreciate your time. So, you know, and obviously this guy is not draft eligible uh, this year, it's going to take him some time to age into it. But Tank Bigsby, obviously, uh, is a very special talent. How much is the NFL going to drool over a guy like him once he becomes eligible? Does he have a chance to be a first-round guy a few years from now? Yeah, I don't I don't see why not. I mean, there's really nothing in his game that I've seen him really struggle with. I mean, he can run in between the tackles. He has, he has decent speed. He can play, uh, you know, rush outside the tackles. And his, like, stop and start and his little dead leg move that he uses is just incredible. He's Alvin I mean, Kamara, he, Christian. He's Alvin he, Kamara, I'm telling you. He, well, I was going to go a little further back because maybe it's just me being familiar with the uh, the Auburn jersey, but he runs a lot like Carnell Williams when yeah. I watch him because he will, he will step one way and send the defender in the stands. He just has that kind of, you know, agility, lower body fluidity, and he is – 
he is a joy to watch. And, and I know there was rumors about him leaving or whatever, but I'm glad he stayed because I think, in, you know, in a couple of years, then, yeah, he might be RB1 come his draft time. Christian, where can people find all of the all of the stuff that you guys are doing at CoverOne.net and, and what can folks expect? This is y'all's time. This is y'all's time to shine. It's draft season, baby. It is. It's a little different because we're having to kind of just play along with the headlines and storylines, what pro days are going to function, and the combine's going to be kind of happening, kind of not. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, you can check out all our content at CoverOne.net. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Christian page. So, Zach, appreciate you having me on. Hit me up anytime. You know I love doing this. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. A lot of folks talking in the Discord last night during the Auburn game uh, about uh, gambling, and the best place to gamble on sports is betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. And uh, the folks in our Discord link, I hope you have joined the Discord. If not, most of you haven't, uh, but over 200 of you have. Um, there's a there's a, a sports betting channel in the Discord, and seems like you guys do really, really well with it. And, of course, uh, using betonline.ag makes it even easier. And they've got you covered with all the news and scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up at betonline.ag. So head over to the website. You can use your mobile devices. Sign up today and uh, receive 50% uh, or fifty welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for that 50% welcome bonus. Uh, your online sportsbook experts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, let's talk about it. So the highlight of the basketball situation yesterday (laughs) was Auburn basketball senior Jabari Smith. Um, he was named the 2021 McDonald's All-American. That's That was the highlight for Auburn basketball on Tuesday. He was one of 24 high school seniors to earn the award. And I believe Auburn's only had two since then. Does the press release say that? No. Yes. Joining Sharif Cooper, Corvatney Barber, and Frank Ford. I had forgotten that Corvatney Barber was... McDonald's All-American. He was a, I was a big fan of his growing up. May he rest in peace. All right, so Auburn lost 74-57 to against the Florida Gators, and you saw rumblings on message boards about Cooper being seen like with a crutch throughout the week, and I didn't really pay much attention to it. Um, but yeah, he was not active due to an ankle injury and it's like as soon as that news broke it was like how bad is this about to be and the first half was really bad they scored 22 points they were outscored by double it was 44 to 22 at the half second half they fought really well and so props to this team it was just they were out of it um Auburn outscored Florida in the second half 35 to 30 but I mean when you when you get whooped by 22 in the first half there's only so much you can do uh, as far as leading scorers go, Devin Cambridge was the guy with 14. 
He had an okay night. Five of 13 from the floor. Three of eight from three um, for 14. Second was Jalen Williams. Five of 12 from the floor. One of seven from three. I'd like to see that be a little bit better for 11. And then two other starters in double figures. JT Thor was three of five. I wish he shot the ball more for 10 points. And Jamal Johnson, he made the first three of the game. And uh, was 3 of 11, 3 of 10 from 3, 3 of 11 from the floor for 10 points. And as far as bench points goes, Chris Moore had 2, Donald Cardwell had 2, Stretching uh, Stretch Akinbola had 2. So, not what you would like to see. And Alan Flanagan was in a situation where you really needed him to step up. He was playing point guard for the majority of the night, so you don't love that. But 0 of 6 from the field, he scored 6 points. So, that's just not good. It's not good at all and so Auburn moving forward they will take on Tennessee on Saturday 11 o'clock on ESPN and then next Tuesday I believe that is a Tuesday the 2nd March 2nd they will go to Tuscaloosa and um, both of those games will be very tough to win Uh, because I don't think I don't see how you can play Sharif Cooper in either of those games in the current situation. So, you hate it, but I, I don't know what else you can do. I, I really don't. You know, I'm a point guard again. <laughs> I mean, what's Bruce Pearl supposed to do? I feel so bad for this team. It's like everything in the world that could be thrown at these kids, it's happened. And I just, I hate it for them. I really, really hate it for them. So, we'll cover this team till the end, though. Um... I, just, I don't really know what else to say about it. It was bad. And people said it was Barbie-esque. In the first half, I agree. In the second half, I, I strongly disagree because the kids had a fight. In fact, they had more fight in the second half than I've seen in them since that Baylor game, honestly. Um, follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnAuburn. Follow me on Twitter at ZBlackerby. And follow the show on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow because we're every single day. You know how it is. Please join us right here on Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.